Amen. Amen. I want to thank thank our pastors uh, uh, for allowing me to to come before y'all today. Uh, Pastor Key, Pastor Melanie, um, it's always a pleasure for me uh, to come before everybody just to share what what God has uh, put put on my heart. Uh, We, again, praying for traveling mercies for our pastors uh, because uh, as the, the worship team, uh, I want to thank them, our prayer, prayer team. It, it's just been an amazing start uh, to this evening because the first song they, they sang was, I Know Who I Am, and the second song was, He Made a Way. Uh, amen. Amen. So, again, um, if you didn't take your seat, go and be seated because Jeanette said I always forget that part. <laughs> All right, so, everybody, ha- have, have a seat. Re- relax. Uh, welcome for everybody that's uh, at home. Uh, uh, we're at Hayes Christian Center Church. We're equipping uh, uh, saints for the kingdom of God. All right, we're, we're just equipping uh, right now. So if you have your Bibles, uh, we're going to jump right into this teaching. Uh, turn with me to 2 Corinthians 12, and we're going to read from uh, 7 through 10. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. And I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. And it says, And least I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, least I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Amen. Amen. Now, now, I want y'all to keep your finger on, on that book because we're going to be going through, uh, through, through, through to verse 10, but we're going to be coming back and forth uh, to 2 Corinthians 12. So keep your finger there uh, so, so you'll be able to keep up a little bit. And as, as y'all can see from uh, the art that the pastor created, uh, the, the topic we want to speak on today is my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. All right, now with this year's vision, uh, being supernatural restoration, I know without a doubt that supernatural restoration is possible because God's grace is sufficient. All right, so again, most of us are familiar with that verse, my grace is sufficient. We like to share it with folk when they're going through something. All right, and then we also like, uh, along with, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me in Philippians 4 and 13. And, and we know God's grace is truly sufficient. Uh, we've all experienced that God's grace is truly uh, sufficient. And Paul here says that his strength is made perfect in weakness. Uh, his strength is made perfect in weakness, which means that he acknowledged that when he was going through something, uh, as they sang in the song, God made a way. But as he was going through, God did make him whole. God gave him the strength to overcome. My grace is sufficient. So again, when we think of grace from God, um, oftentimes we think about forgiveness. Uh, we know God, God's going to forgive us. We, we think about relief. 
Whoo, thank you, Lord. Uh, we think about sometimes uh, grace as a pass out of a situation, and that's where we got to be careful when we look at grace as a pass. All right? And then Paul teaches us that grace is also the ability to press on and to get through something. All right? Grace is, is acknowledging and see, see, when we look at grace, uh, we don't, it's not just what God gives us, it's what we give to God. We have to acknowledge that God is all we need. All right? so, so when we say his grace is sufficient, we are saying God's grace is more than enough. So, so in Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, he shares how his strength is made perfect in weakness. See, see it, it, it is times when we are at our weakest that we don't realize we're at our strongest. Right, at times when we, we, we need to tap into uh, God's strength. And, and that's, that's the part that needs to be restored. Our ability to tap in. I, um, anybody familiar with wrestling, right, in order to, to get that other person in, they got to tap in. I, but you also have to release and give up so that you can get to the ropes. I, sometimes we think things through to the point where we exhaust every possibility. We're just thinking sometimes, right? We, every detail is exhausted. We go through it in our minds over and over. Anybody been there where you just thinking about stuff and it goes through your mind over and over and over and it goes by so fast that we have to realize there's no place for God because we're just overthinking it. So when we think about what Paul has shared, right, we have to ask the question, where is God's place in our situation? Now, now the situation can be good and bad, see, because God has to be present in all situations. And th that's really what Paul is talking about here. It's not just on the good things or the bad things, I should say. It's also the good. God has to be present in all situations because as soon as we release and we're not there with God, that's when we start to become. We start to think about it. So this, this evening, as I shared, the topic is going to speak on his grace is sufficient but, but we want to start from the beginning of the chapter. So, again, let's go to 2 Corinthians 12, and we're going to read 1 through 6. And, again, I'm going to go from the New King James Version. And, and I, I learned on, on the, the morning call, which was, I haven't been on in a minute, but they always give that heading, right? What, what are they talking about? So the heading of, of my Bible says, uh, the vision of paradise. That's what Paul's talking about here, the vision of paradise. And, and it reads... It is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. We can stop right there. I ain't got to say nothing. It's, it's not profitable for us to, to boast, to brag, to talk about some things, all right, to, to be, make it about us. All right, you see, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows such one was caught up into the third heaven. And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. He tells us twice, God knows. See, sometimes we, we're trying to know when God knows. We have to let God, God knows. All right, and then if we continue reading, it says how he was caught up in paradise and heard inexpressible words 
which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such one I will not boast. I will boast, yet of myself I will not boast, except in my infirmities. For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will speak the truth. But I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees to, to be or hears from me. All right, so, so imagine, based on what Paul's saying, that, that you're caught up in heaven. Uh, you, and, 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 what, and he says whether you're in your body or in spirit. He said in or out of the body. He, you know, God knows where he is, right? So if we had an opportunity to be face-to-face with God in heaven, because we, 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 we still have an opportunity to be face-to-face with God, but we're talking about in heaven. Uh, we have an opportunity to be face-to-face with God in, in heaven. Will we feel a little bit different? Will we need to be humble? Or will we jump off from there saying, look, guess where I went today? Guess who I was with? <laughs> you know, so, so Paul begins the 2 Corinthians 12 talking about his visions and revelation. And Paul lets us know in the first verse that it's not profitable to boast. We don't need to be no, doing no bragging. See, see, Paul goes right in. That's what I love about his writing because he goes right in. He don't pull immense words. And then he says some of us, if you really think about it, some of us boast to make ourselves look better than others. All right, we, we just, you know what I got, what I got? We're talking about a house, a car. We, we, see, we're not doing it saying what God blessed me with. We're doing it to tell everybody we were blessed, all right, and, and, and it's because of what I did. I worked hard. I put in all those hours. I did this, this, and that. All right, so, so oftentimes, it is our desire to look better than we actually are. We're putting ourselves on a, a platform because someone might just not be doing... I could have had an off day, so you're going to brag. All right, so it's all those things. So bragging becomes our default, right? You know, so if, if I walk around saying, you know, James feels that he's the man, you know, and then I say, I know a man, you know. So, so have you ever talked about yourself in the third person? <laughs> all right, see, Paul says, I know a man in verse 2. Then in verse 3, he says, I know such a man. All right, so when we start talking about ourselves in the third person, that's a sign to beware. Uh, if you think of yourself in the third person outside of the presence of God, uh, you're not part of that trinity. You can't replace none. All right, so we saw in New Year's, uh, the New Year's play, Lucille played by a fabulous Venetia, right? Uh, she talked the talk of a Christian, right? She talked it. She talked about being saved, talked about everything that she knew. She was destined for heaven. All right, she just knew that she was doing everything she needed to do, but nothing that she did lined up with the word of God. All right, nothing that she did, her actions, uh, not, nothing just lined up. There was no connection. There were words, but no connection. So Paul is saying, as great as these visions and revelations are, if I share them now, we might think that he's more than he really is. All right, we might think that it came from him, or we might think that he's above his position. See, Austin, he shared with us last week, we might start consuming these huge amounts of weeds and mistake it for something with substance. All right, so, so to prevent some of those things, we, let's, let's read verse 7. It says in 2 Corinthians 12, 7, And least I should be exalted 
above measure by the abundance of revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelations. See, the visions and revelations that Paul received was powerful. We use that word a lot around here, right? Oh, that was powerful. That was powerful. That was powerful. But the words that, that, that Paul received were powerful. Right, it would have been easy for us to exalt him above measure based on what he says. He didn't want people to see him as this Mr. All-Powerful person. So how many of us put our chest out or lifted our head up with a new title of a, or a position? All right, but, but here's the man, he says, 14 years, he's mature in the word. And, 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 and be mindful that our age and level of spiritual maturity doesn't really exempt us from the repercussions of our choices. See, some of us are so deep in the word, we think that we don't have to worry about nothing. All right, but our maturity level doesn't exempt us from receiving thorns. All right, and, and, and it actually puts us in a position to receive more thorns. Because now we're in the position to really exalt what we think we did or who we think we are. All right, so, so to prevent Paul from exalting himself, he was given a thorn of what I call a thorn of humility. Pastor shared with us last week, remember he said, what price will we pay for promotion? What price will we pay? Let's go to 1 Peter 5, uh, 6, and 7. So we're going to go 1 Peter 5, and we're going to read verse 6 and 7. All right, and I'm going to read from the New King James Version. I'm going to try to stay there. It says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty head of God. See, that's what we're supposed to humble ourselves under, the mighty hand of God. It says that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. God cares for us. But, but it's something we have to do. We have to humble ourselves, all right, and under his hand so that he can exalt us. We're not in the position of exalting ourselves, so not to be exalted by us, but be exalted by God. But he says something critical there. He says in due time. See, a lot of us looking for that instant, let's go. Somebody, uh, if we think about it, in due time, the first year, think about our first service. All right, remember that Sunday, how we had that altar call and one or two people came to the altar. Then it was three or four. Then it was five or six. And then it was like two people in their chairs. Y'all remember that? And everybody was, was doing service saying, hey, let's let God. I'm, 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 I'm done. I'm just going to let God. I'm going to let God. I'm going to let go. I'm going to let God. And what I want us to remember, we can't but forget that due time. All right. See, see when, when we let God work, we can't forget the due time. All right. And, and, and again, I, I like the due because it's talking about dues, right? We have to pay our dues. But then we have to do what? We have to do now the old time. In due time, we have to do time. 
All right, so Pastor, again, talked about that the stages and the processes during our first installment of Supernatural Restoration. So let's go to Ephesians 2 and 8. And as you get there, I'll, I'll read. It says, for by grace you have been through, uh, uh, you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. I, again, we've been saved through faith, not of ourselves. We spend so much time thinking, wondering, and, and, and going through ourselves. Uh, even the mature saints find ourselves thinking about self. I'm going to do this. All right, so it, we have to understand it. it's a gift from God. All right, a book I read, um, and I'm going to read it, says by Larry Sparks, and, and the name of the book was called Breakthrough Faith. And he says, we are not waiting on heaven to release a new level of faith to the church. Rather, heaven is waiting for the people of God to awaken to what they already have received as salvation. See, we want God to change some things, but it's already been there. It's already been declared. It's already been given. But we're looking for God to change. But the reality is we got to change. See, some of us have already received some thorns, right? And some of us have some things in us and some things that need to be released. And some of us have to really embrace the teachings that's going to come this year. Because all of us have some things that need to be restored. All right, so we really have to embrace what's coming this year. All right, and so as we look, let's, let's flip back to um, 2 Corinthians. Everybody had their finger there, right? All right, flip back to 2 Corinthians. Now we're going to stick at 12, 7. It says, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. And the previous verse, it says, it is a gift from God. See, when something's given, it's a gift. All right, he didn't say anything about he, he was uh, cursed with a thorn. All right, he would have pointed that out. I've been afflicted with a thorn. But he, he was given the thorn. See, he didn't say he was cursed. Paul shares with us that he received the thorn as a gift, not an affliction. All right, so given to him so he wasn't exalted above measure. Because sometimes we start, again, feeling ourselves and forget God. Uh, Brother Josh shared with us on New Year's Eve that stuff can't fulfill us. Uh, he gave a testimony uh, uh, one Wednesday night how $300,000 passed to his hands. All right? A man who went to prison for 12 years. Two years in solitary. He's been out three years, but this year $300,000 passed through his hands because he was looking for a different level of fulfillment that he didn't, didn't really need. He shared that with us so that we can think about some of the things that we're doing. What has passed through our hands that we were thinking we need that wasn't God? See, Paul welcomed the thorn because he was aware and he, he talked about that man. That man being him. So, again, it's, uh, uh, the script says, I'll be exalted. And, and again, I'm going to read 7 again. It says, at least I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelations. A thorn of flesh was given to me. A messenger of Satan to buffet me, least I be exalted above measure. Now, I read this, this scripture uh, verse 
a, a few times because it's something powerful in there that I, I want to share. Because if we see the scripture between the thorn and the, the exhortation is Satan. Between that thorn and exhortation is Satan. A thorn of the flesh was given to me, a message of Satan to buffet me, least I be exalted above measure. He says, least I be exalted above me measure twice. Because he's letting you know this whole thing is to humble me. This whole thing is just to, to, to let me think about where I am in life. So I'm not exalted above measure and the thorn, a message of Satan to buffet me. But here the adversary was given to him. And Satan, if we look at it, he's waiting on us. All right, think, think about what Satan does. He's, Satan is waiting to use our pride. Uh, he's waiting to use our self-assurance. He's waiting to use that I did this mentality to deter us from us. See, when they say a messenger of Satan to buffet me, uh, Satan wants to bring a smorgasbord, and I tried, I practiced the word five times, smorgasbord, all right, and, and, and so, so you, you got, see, see Satan's going to come at you multiple ways. All right, so when, when we let our guard down, Satan is waiting. That's why even in your good times, your bad times, your indifferent times, all times has to be on God. All right, so if we read 1 Peter again, uh, 5, 6 to 8, uh, we added 8 because it, it, it Verse 6, it says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that you may be ex exalted in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cared for you. And, and then we read on, it also says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a, a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. So if you look at what we're reading now and what we're reading there, it's the same thing. If we're not operating in humility, and we're operating in who we are, then we're giving opportunities for Satan to devour us. He's waiting for you to puff yourself up. All right, see, so we see how the level of humility lines up with Satan's ability to seek control. All right, see, we all have to ask a question. Is your focus on God or is your focus on Satan? Because your focus may be on Satan, you might not even realize it. Because it's who's in control of your thorn. Who's in control of that thorn? Because he's there to buffet you. In Psalms 3 and 3, it, and, and, uh, it says, But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. Again, when we see that promotion or we get that new title, who's lifting up your head? Because it says here, God has to be the one to lift up your head. If God's not lifting your head and you're walking around puffed up, guess who is, who's lifting up your head? If it's not God. So are we glorifying God in all we do? So when we hold up our head, we ask the question, who's holding it up? What's holding it up? Is it your ego? Is it your pride? Is it self-assurance? Is it Satan? Or is it God? Quiet. 
See, there are people, if we think about it, in our lives that look like they ain't going through nothing. All right, and a lot of us say, I want to be like Jeanette. I want to be like Venetia. You know, I, I want to be like these people that look like they ain't going through nothing. All right, and so sometimes those people are being blessed. There's people around us that's being blessed, but they're also being buffeted by Satan. Satan is gassing them up. Telling them, yo, you did this, you got this. I, and, and I surmise it's easier for Satan to get to people when everything is going right as opposed to people when some things are going wrong. Because when everything is going right, sometimes we lose focus. All right, there's a lot of times when we get what we ask for and we might not come back to God till we need something else. We're not thanking them for everything that we've received. We're just finding a way to go through. See, because some of us, I found, deal with pain and suffering well. But we're dying inside. I remember I wasn't always aware because if you talk to me, the first thing I talked to, my opening line was, hey, I'm a president of a college. I got five degrees. I wrote five books. And then I'll start quoting my books out the blue. And in this book, it said this, this, and that. Wasn't nothing God about that. That was just me boasting. I, I wasn't trying to lift nobody up with those words. I remember sitting down with David and talking to him. And I said, I have to be mindful what I share in conversations. I got to be mindful what I'm doing. See, I know sometimes wisdom can come across as arrogance. You know, we might be the smartest person in the room, and then not only are we the smartest person in the room, we got to let everybody know. You know what I'm saying? So we have to be mindful of that because Paul was saying to me, be mindful when you speak. All right, so how we deal with the thorn is as critical as receiving it. See, we heard that this in, 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 in Ayers, uh, was not exposed, can't be helped. All right, so, so we live in, a, in an environment where we're exposing a lot of things because we are seeking God for help. We're not seeking uh, condemnation. We're not seeking for people to talk behind our back. We're seeking for help. All right, that's what we're looking for. All right, so... If we, we can continue, I think it's still in 2 Corinthians, right? Let's go to verse 8. And in 2 Corinthians 12, 8, it says, Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. See, Paul, even though he knew what he was asking for, he still pleaded for the thorn to go away. Three times. Think about it, when Paul received that, I, I pleaded with the Lord three times. He was a man of God. And we would all know he's a mighty man of God, right? He, he wrote 13 or 14 of the, the 27 chapters in the New Testament. So I would say he knew the word since he was inspired to write a lot of it, right? All right so, but here we, we see that he still was a man that got a thorn. If Paul can get a thorn, whew. see, I'm sure he got that thorn and felt good about it, right? I'm Paul. I don't ascribe a few things. I'm good. But, but 
our first thought as, as Christians, uh, oftentimes, sometimes, uh, I shouldn't say all the time, but sometimes we just say we got this because we're going to just go pray. God's going to take it away, right? All right, and, and now Paul, did, he did the right thing. He took it to God. We do the right thing when we take it to God. All right, see, now Paul didn't want to confuse us with that. See, Paul did the right thing. All right, but, but we have to listen. We do the right thing. Paul did the right thing. But then Paul said, hold up, let me listen. All right, so Paul listened and recognized God's response. While he was looking for removal, God was looking for restoration. All right, so while Paul uh, was, was talking and, and he was looking uh, for what was, what was going to pass him, get past me, God was telling him to march through it. I'm not trying to get this removed from you. I want you to march through it. All right, sometimes we have to be in a position where we can march through, but so we have to ask the question, are we listening? Are we listening to respond? Uh, we hear that sometimes when we're talking to folks. Some, some of us just listen to respond. You got this canned answer that you're going to say, regardless of the question being asked. You got something loaded, and you're going to let it go. You know, someone's trying to pour into you, but you're pulling up your defense. But, 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 I, I, I. We're putting in the defenses. We're not listening, and we're, we're asking uh, someone to pour into me, help me, show me what's in scripture. They'll show you five scriptures and you flip the five other ones that line up with what you want to say. All right, so, so we have to be mindful. Uh, are we listening for guidance and direction? All right, see, Paul asked God three times to have that thing removed from him. All right, we, we, we all do it. When something goes wrong, even if it's self-inflicted, we say, God, help me. But we have to also remember Paul wrote in Philippians 4 and 6. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. So again, Paul did the right thing. He wrote about it. Take your request to God. So we have to begin and end every one of our journeys in life with prayer. So when Paul got that realization with the thorn, he knew why he got it, but he still asked God to take it away. He told us about the heavens and he couldn't say certain things. He was going to be uh, boastful. So, so he knew why he got the thorn. See, God is working on our supernatural restoration this year, not removing thorns, but revealing purpose. I, um, as Pastor shares on the vision this year, uh, again, this may be your third time asking God to remove something. This may be your, your third time saying, hey, God, remove this thorn. I can't deal with it no more. Take this away from me. But God is restoring things, as Pastor said, that we never knew we had. See, God is restoring things and allowing us to focus. And, and we have to ask the question, are we focusing on the wrong thorn? Are we focusing on the wrong thing? All right, what you may think is an affliction may not be an affliction. It may be a gift to refocus you. All right, so we uh, continue in 2 Corinthians and uh, 12, 9 and 10. 
And it reads, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Because after that third request from Paul in verse 9, God says to him, my grace is sufficient. For my strength is made perfect in weakness, he says. Therefore, most gladly I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So if we really think about it in verse 9. He says, I will boast in my infirmities. And then I like in verse 10, he said, I will take pleasure in my infirmities. So now that I'm going to boast with what you're putting through, I'm going to take pleasure in it. I'm boasting about, hey, this is what I'm going through because I know God got me. He's, he, I'm not on this journey by myself. All right, see, I'm boasting so I can receive that power, Ty. You know, I had to, every time I talk, I'm talking about that power because I'm I still to this day when Ty, we talk about leaving power on the table, Ty talked about that and it sticks with me because I made a concerted effort not to leave power on the table. So how much power do we leave on the table when we're boasting about stuff or we're looking at a thorn that's something bad? We're not taking up that power. Right, it says, therefore, most gladly I will boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. All right, so if we go to Romans 5, uh, 3 and 6. Romans 5, 3 through 6. And, and it reads, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Now hope does not disappoint. I, when, when I look at this, this thought, and, and again, what was shared is about um, as we have to glory in tribulation, the pastor, he, he also shared with us last week about the different stages and, 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 and the different stages of restoration uh, last week as we build upon, if we look at that tribulation, that's also that building block because as we're going through something, it, it, it tells us tribulation, which your trials are going to produce perseverance because you have to persevere. All right? And then it says as you persevere because you're going through something, it's going to build your character. So now I look at you, I say, hey, this is somebody that's been through something and stayed the course, kept their eyes on God. We didn't see them go to the left or right, you know, trying to compromise. They stayed the course. All right? And, and again... It says hope. Now, hope does not disappoint. We have to always keep that hope. All right, that hope is not going to disappoint. When you're going through something, hope. I always tell people hope is not a plan. It's not a plan. But if you're persevering and build, building character, it's something on the other end. 
based on what I'm doing. You know, just can't plant hope. You're good. Nah, I'm not. I got to do some things. I got to persevere. I got to persevere so I can build the character. So if we refuse God's grace in times of tribulation, we will find that the thorn is cursing us instead of blessing us. Our thorn can, can remove temptation and it can open up the door as we read from Jesus' power to rest upon us. But our thorn can also cause us destruction. It can also open the door to Satan, to buffet us. So when I face obstacles, um, sometimes we try to fix them. I saw my problems when I try to fix them myself. Have you ever tried to fix your problems and they start to become layers? All right, I, I tell people when, when you're behind on your, your bills and you pay Peter instead of Paul and Paul to pay Peter, then you ain't got Paul's money because you don't pay Peter. All right, and you do that bill juggling. You tell your kids stay away from the phone, don't, don't pick up. That's when we had phones, not cell phones. It was like you just put it on mute. All right, but there was a time where you just didn't want to hear from that, that bill collector or that situation because you didn't have the answers. All right, and, and I look at uh, those situations like lies, like lies. Oh, I was talking the wrong way the whole time, huh? All right, so I, I, again, it's like lies. It, it, it takes a lie to fix a lie. All right, and then you have to repair the damage of the initial lie, which you're probably going to lie about. All right, so we have to boast about our infirmities so the power of Jesus can rest upon us. We have to cast down our issues with the power of God's word so that we can have God's grace. Because it says, for when I am weak, then I am strong. See, I'm going to tell you we're weakest when we take it on. Because now you're operating with no power. If, if you allow God, then God is going to be the one that handles all your situations, all your, 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 your opportunities. And, and I'm going to leave with this last uh, verse before we, we close. It says in 2 Corinthians 9 and 8. And 2 Corinthians 9 and 8. And it says, And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. So one of the things I want us to take for the fact that God's grace is sufficient we have to believe that because it's truth. All right. We also have to remember as we're working on supernatural restoration that there's going to be some thorns that you've been dealing with for years, months, days, hours, because it can come in on any time where it needs to, to correct your path. So we have to be ready to understand that we have to give it to God not to remove but for clarity, because a lot of things is just the level of clarity. We need to figure this thing out. So um, as we, we look at our, my grace is sufficient, no, 
in your heart, know in your mind, know that there's power on the table for you as you look toward God. So, so that, that's all I have on, on this evening. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, the, the message that you uh, brought forth through your vessel, Heavenly Father. We ask that you um, allow it to resonate in our hearts. Uh, allow us to know that, that you are in control. Uh, Heavenly Father, we know that your grace is sufficient. Uh, may we tap into that grace so that we have the power to deal with any affliction that comes our way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I